This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hey everybody, welcome to this bonus episode, kind of impromptu discussion of the WWE being featured in a very popular TV show on HBO called Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, where he picks a main topic and does some research on it and kind of just displays it in a humorous fashion as well as citing examples using video footage or interviews or things of that nature to get the point of the topic across. So, yeah. Yeah, he he does do that and um it's usually quite humorous although the topics that he tends to discuss are usually pretty serious. Yeah, I, I was Kind of surprised when I saw the topic from last night. Um, so the whole reason we're recording this is he covered professional wrestling, more and so the WWE. And, you know, to, to be honest, this isn't the first time that he's brought up the WWE during the whole issue last year with the Saudi Arabia Crown Jewel event. Uh, it was actually brought up about them uh going to WWE, going to Saudi Arabia and accepting money from this you know this country that has very heinous human rights violations and murdered this journalist and right yeah and he also kind of mentioned that it might also have ties to the Trump presidency because Linda works for them yeah so Linda McMahon was the small business administration, whatever that person does, I, mean, I don't even know what that role even does. But she was Overse- the- oversees all the small businesses in the United States, and in fact, she still is that. Oh, okay. I I know. Last week, last Friday, they were reporting that um, that she was going to step down. Oh, I didn't see that. That might be true, but as far as I'm aware, she still is. Yeah, yeah. At this time, um. So, the whole purpose of the John Oliver, excuse me, uh, purpose of the John Oliver segment was to highlight a few things. The biggest being that WWE wrestlers, the performers themselves, are classified as independent contractors. Uh, Have you done any contract work before? No, I haven't. Um, I am in the education field. So my, um, my jobs are contracted, but I'm not necessarily an independent contractor. I'm an employee of the school district or the town depending. Gotcha. Well, I've done, I've done a contract job here and there. So I work in it, uh, very, you know, uh, contracting is kind of big in the it industry, unfortunately for good or bad, but essentially for me, The company I worked on behalf of through the consulting company was I get paid X per hour and I make it, I get paid every week, but I get no health benefits. I get no insurance. I get nothing. It's you show up, you do your eight hours and you leave. You put in your 40 hours, you get paid for your 40 hours. You're good to go. I was a contractor for about nine months and it has its ups and downs. Usually when you're a contractor, you can ask for a little bit more money 
because, you know, the company's not paying for PTO. Oh, that's nothing. You don't get PTO. So, you know, you lose a day, you're not getting paid for it. So, obviously, it's a little different when you're a wrestler for WWE. One of the things he brought up was that, you know, we, we can't see John Cena on Monday Night Raw and then, you know, hey, he's, he's going to show up on Ring of Honor TV next week. They are contracted to exclusive deals only for the World Wrestling Entertainment and, um, you know, can't, can't appear on anyone else's TV or shows. Um, right. And, and, and generally speaking, um, this was the case since Vince took over in the mid eighties. Before that, wrestlers usually made verbal agreements with, uh, promoters that I'll work these dates and then we'll negotiate more from there. But there weren't necessarily these contracts. What Vince did that was so groundbreaking and pissed a lot of people off at the time was that he offered these people, the biggest stars, a lot of money to work exclusively for him. Um, and that's kind of where this independent contractor dispute sort of thing started up. Yeah, and one of the interesting things that he brought up was the guidelines of what the U.S. government considers to be an independent contractor. One of the clauses says... The person can't be, like, vital to the business's success. Or, like, the business operating. Um, essentially saying, like, this person can't hinge on, like, your the success of the business. Uh, right. And there, again, if we go back to the territorial days for just a second there, one of the things that made the wrestling business so healthy back then was that <clears throat> there was no, there were big stars, but the big stars kind of were, went everywhere. Yes. Nobody was necessarily super tied to certain areas. Now, of course, there were exceptions to that, you know, like Ric Flair and, and, um, the Carolinas, Harley Race in Minnesota. But for the most part, there were, uh, everybody moved around so that even if somebody was a really hot star and then they left, the promotion would still be around the next week because there was another new guy coming in. Yeah. But that's not, but that's not the, that's not the today. case with the, with, with the WWE. If they lost, I mean, you could, you could say that they could lose their entire roster right now and fill it with the people from NXT and they'd be fine. But, that's probably they'd probably still take a huge financial loss because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, he even says in the, in the package, he brings up the territorial system and even says, Hey, this made sense back then. You were like, you said you were limited to dates. It was clearly defined and you weren't exclusive to that. You weren't exclusive. You could go and say, F this. I don't like being here and leave. That was your right as an independent contractor. Yeah. And a lot of people ended up doing that. <laughs> like the, probably the most uh, famous wrestler who was very contentious about where he worked and who he worked for was Bruiser Brody. Brody. Yeah, I figured. Yep. No, exactly. There's many stories of, 
he'd get paranoid or whatever and just think that he was, you know, or he thinks he's getting shafted in money and he would just, I'm taking it, I'm going. Yeah, he'd just up and leave. No show. So, And Andre the Giant was also like that to a certain extent too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he brought that up and how, you know, in 1986, Jesse Ventura suggested that they unionize. I mean, it's kind of funny because I don't disagree, but it's just like, man, like, do you think we're too far gone to have a proper wrestlers union? I mean, you really can't even say, like, hey, this is for the WWE only. Because I thought of, like, what about the ROHs of the world, the AEWs, the, you know, the CZW, you know, all these smaller promotions. Like, it makes sense for a WWE, but look at Ring and Honor. They do the same thing. Impact was doing the same thing. Like, they've got to build their, they've got to build their TV around some stars. But, do you think it's just like, hey, stop giving them that independent contractor label? Treat them like an employee, give them health insurance, you know, whatever? Or are the margins so thin? Yeah, I mean, there are, um, there's an argument to be made that Ring of Honor and Impact, for example, Impact as it is now. I'm saying when the glory days, I'm not, yeah. Today it's completely different than what it was. Okay, but uh, Ring of Honor... Ring of Honor stars, yes, they're contracted to for a certain number of dates, but those Ring of Honor stars are actually allowed to work other places. Um, they they do work PWG and a lot of other independent. They, they shows. have working relationships with New Japan Pro Wrestling, etc. Right, so they could still be considered um, independent contractors. Independent contractors, but with the WWE, it's not even. And he did not mention this in in his. Uh, story which i was surprised about was that uh wwe dictates not only where you go who you work with all those other things Mm -hmm. but they also dictate things like how you dress that is true and all and a whole bunch of other things so i mean he brought the fact about the he brought the fact about you know cm punk being told to take out and tweet well yeah the they control your social media, those sorts of things. So yeah, they they're clearly been employees for quite some time, and they're only really um, hiding behind this because nobody's really caught on. One thing that was pretty interesting earlier, or well, later last year, was that um, there was a UFC star who sued the UFC. And it went to a Supreme Court, and basically it was about whether or not uh, UFC fighters were considered independent contractors or not. And the court did say that they were independent contractors. The difference between the two companies is kind of minimal. Yeah, true. Because <clears throat> if, you, if you work for UFC, you can't fight for anybody else. Mm-hmm. But they they don't tell their fighters um, how to dress, what supplements to take, those sorts of things. The WWE does actually dictate some of those things. Yeah. No, I mean, I kind of see a little bit with the UFC where it's like, hey, if I got you for a five-fight deal and I've got those five fights scattered over a year and a half or two years, I don't want you going out and fighting 
because you might get hurt. Like, MMA is, I mean, it, it kind of falls in the same realm of WWE. They're still putting their body on the line, et cetera, et cetera. But MMA, you're real getting punched for real. You're, there's no, there's no faking MMA. And my True. fear as a promoter would be, hey, I spent, I gave you $2 million or whatever for, you know, two years. And now you've gone and hurt yourself. So we're fighting for some no-name league. And now my, right, my, right. my plans are gone. But that still doesn't excuse the whole independent contractor <clears throat> situation. Uh, so do you right. – so I got a question for you then. Sure. Do you think if current superstars banded together – because there's been a lot of – there's been a lot of um, – Contention now lately. The WWE trying to lock up people, bringing in lots of people. Now the AEW looks to be a viable option, possibly. Um, you know, there's been a lot of people leaving. There's been a popular talk of <clears throat> unhappy people. Uh, re- wrestlers um, openly going on social media saying, I'm not being used properly. Uh, this isn't what I signed up for. I hate this. I want to leave. You know, Pac. Um, uh, we just saw one from, I think, um, I forget the name now, but I saw one today where, oh, Tyler Breeze openly said on social media, I don't like how I'm being used. This is crap. You know? Mm. Do you think yeah. these people just get fed up and say, screw this, I'm just going to leave, but while I'm going to go out, I'm going to go to court and sue WWE. Like, do you think this is an option that, like, if enough wrestlers get together, and bring a lawsuit against the WWE for employment val- uh, employment wrongdoing. Part of me wants to say yes, but a greater part of me is going to say no. The reason being is that WWE has been sued by many wrestlers many times. Yes. And, and it's not necessarily just one or two at a time. Sometimes it is a lot. For instance... There was a concussion lawsuit that had something like 35 former WWE superstars on it. Yes. And that went nowhere. Um, so part of me wants to say it wouldn't necessarily do it. But um, if maybe not necessarily a lawsuit, but if they did, if they did decide to try to unionize, I would say that it might work now, but I don't think it's going to happen because I think a lot of people are afraid of their positions. Even though there are more opportunities now, a lot of a lot of those people don't necessarily see those places as f- for sure viable opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I know I've heard the saying, oh, a lot of these people are just lucky to be here. This has been their dream to work for WWE. So, you know, people are just more wanting to stay in line, you know, like, oh, we're not going to rock the boat. Right. I think it's interesting, though, that we have mentioned AEW a couple of times because Cody is one of those people who says that he's trying to change how wrestling works. (laughs) And if you look at those contracts, well, the details that we know about them, health care is part of those contracts. Yes. And so I think that if that becomes an industry standard, things will be a lot better. But I also don't know 
the structure of those contracts, whether or not they are considered employees. I know that Cody, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega are. Because well, they're considered they're, executives, so yeah, they're yeah, considered employees. Yeah, they're executives, so they're <laughs> employees, but I don't know how the other wrestlers are being viewed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other, uh, some other topics he, <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, getting over a cold still. Um, some of the other topics he brought up was the, uh, the 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 lifespan of a wrestler, the average age of a wrestler, and when they die. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of felt this was kind of bullshit because they brought up Eddie Guerrero. Yep. They brought up King Kong Bundy, who just passed away. Yes. They brought up Macho Man, who just passed away. Mm-hmm. And I was actually shocked that they did not bring up Chris Benoit. I don't think... Well, Chris Benoit killed himself. He didn't die of... Con- con- well, that's true, but... So, you know, they brought up a point of, you know... Um, you know, wrestlers... Basically, their their mortality rate and the mm. times they die, and it's been awful, obviously. Um, and I don't disagree. We 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 had a problem <clears throat> in the mid two thousands and late nineties, two thousands, mid two thousands, where wrestlers were dying left and right at really young ages, and they still are. Um, he brought up a clip from I think two thousand two or two thousand three with Real Sports. Where he was, Vince McMahon was addressed point blank. You know, why are these wrestlers dying so young? And do you feel you have an obligation? And Vince McMahon, you know, not a good look on his part. Basis, do you? You know, just yeah. totally anger from him. Well, I think I think John's point here was not necessarily... was that these are these people are dying but why are they dying and it's they brought up at, at the same point they were also talking about like Jake the Snake and a lot of those addiction issues mm-hmm. that are happening and if you look at the people who died out of the out of the four that they mentioned at the, at, at that start of the clip it was uh Eddie Guerrero uh Macho Man China and then King Kong Bundy yes and, and three of those people which are uh, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Macho Man, and China, all had significant uh, substance abuse issues in their lifetimes. Yes, and, and, and I know with Eddie, that, Gu- and with Eddie Guerrero in China, the, those substance abuse issues directly led to their deaths. Yes, I mean I, I feel so bad. <laughs> Go back and watch that last video from China. Holy shit! It's it's not like she's like stunned out of her mind or anything, but it's just it's just crazy to watch someone fall so far. Um, right. But yeah, you're correct. Eddie Guerrero's enlarged heart was directly due to his his steroids, abusing steroids, and his drug habits. And um, Macho Man died of a heart attack on the road. Yep. And you could definitely say uh, that, dri- that was we because should clarify uh, driving a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was driving a car when he suffered a heart attack, and he killed his girlfriend as well. Know. Wait, did she? No, I thought yeah. she lived. Oh, I thought she, she died. The, no, she was in the passenger seat. She lived. 
Okay. Yeah, he had a tree. That's um, why I thought they had both died. No, she actually lived, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, but yeah, the King Kong Bundy, his was so recent, I think they just threw that in there because, well, he's a big guy from the 80s. Everyone knows who King Kong Bundy is. Well, yeah, but... But he was I still mean, young. Was six, what, 61? He was in his 60s. I mean, the average American lives to be between 72 and 74. So if he was he was he died 10 years earlier mm-hmm. um than than w- what was normal so i mean yeah it's tragic but you also have to understand that king kong bundy was like 400 pounds for pretty much his entire life yeah that's not healthy i mean I no and i mean he's not he's not like he wasn't a juice monkey like uh, Macho Man was mm-hmm. because you could like if you see Macho Man especially in his WCW run in the in 2000 he is humongous yeah so, no he's huge so, yeah yeah so it's mm-hmm. all about what the I I th- it's about the the substances that they they use and why they are being used. I think that's what his ultimate point was. But yeah, I mean, a lot of wrestlers and and I know it went really back young. to it went back to the whole healthcare coverage of you know unless you're in, and this is true unless you're injured in the ring due to a WWE match or performing for the WWE they will not cover any expenses and sometimes not even then because i think well i mean i don't know for sure but kevin owens just came back but he had double knee replacement surgery and i don't think that they paid for that i think he he had to ask to get his knees replaced and that's kind of sad right that's sad i mean that's that's ridiculous and I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say the WWE wellness policy is perfect. It's got some glaringly stupid loopholes, as well as uh, the biggest loophole I don't like is Randy Orton. Mm. He is a repeat offender, but because they put in some stupid clause that says, well, if you're clean for a year. Oh, we'll wipe away the uh, other issues. Because it used to be three strikes and you're out. Right. And it got to a point. I remember it got to a point where Randy Orton had gotten his second strike. And for the longest time, he was never given a title. He pretty much just became a mid-carder and with some name value. But he really wasn't getting in any big feuds. He he really cooled off. Um, But then he got struck again. With the wellness violation. And everyone thought, okay, he's going to get fired. Nope. And I remember it was the weekend of a pay-per-view. And they said, oh, no, no, no. Uh, we wiped his history clean. He started with zero. And, uh, yeah. They gave him the WWE title that, year, that, that Sunday. Right. And then... Um, you know, and there's stuff for like synthetic, uh, synthetic marijuana. Like I know, uh, Evan Bourne had a problem with that, or you know, like just just some some really loopholes where it's like 
they're not even as good as USADA. Like, there's better rules for MMA fighters than there are the WWE for the amount of uh, certain drugs you can have in your system. True. And, yeah, I don't know. It's like... And the Evan Bourne... I mean, the Evan Bourne thing is, is interesting because, yes, he wasn't necessarily using um, actual actual drugs, but he was using synthetic things. But if you talk to Evan Bourne at all, he, he's very open about his drug use, and he's like, I, I do not care. Yeah, look at what happened. Um, no, I, I get it. I was kind of bumbled that they didn't bring up. He, he he briefly mentioned the wellness policy. I wish he would have kind of gone into it, but maybe it would have been detracted from his whole point. And I want to talk more about that here in a little bit. Um, the other big thing was, I mean, that was really about it. They had a, uh, the one thing that really shocked me was they had a clip with Rowdy Piper saying that wrestling has no exit plan. And that he is not going to live till 65. Come on, and he guys. Didn't. And he didn't. He died at 61. And he said, wrestling is really attractive getting in, but there's no help once you leave, and there's no exit plan for a WWE wrestler. Look at someone well, like Virgil, or look at like WrestleCon. Look at all this, where these broken down guys are still having to fight for money. I mean, hell... I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Some of these people are smart with their money. I'm not saying everyone. You know, you're not gonna go see. You're not seeing Shawn Michaels, um, in a ring. Uh, you're not seeing, thankfully, Ric Flair, um, wrestling anymore. Uh, well, I mean, if Rick, if Ric Flair could wrestle, oh, he would. He would because he actually was he was never smart with his money. No, 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 no. But but. We'll we'll talk about that. Let's talk about that for just a second. I mm-hmm. I mean, when you talk to the the guys in the back, like if you talk to like Mick Foley or um, Edge or those sorts of people, they said that they were very frugal with their money because they knew that it could be taken away at any point, um, and they wouldn't have a career to go back to. Yeah, I mean. Mick Foley wrestled long after he should have stopped, but those those guys who were semi-smart with their money, they can still make those appearances every now and again, and it's fine, but you look at, like, um, Kamala was wrestling for a really long time when he shouldn't have because of his diabetes was so bad. Um... You mentioned Virgil. Virgil doesn't wrestle anymore. No, but all but he does, he all he does is panhandle. And... Yeah, he panhandles <laughs> all the time. Um, but I think, like, the the two people that come to mind that are, like, that it's sad that they continue to wrestle is the Rock and Roll Thank Express. Thank God. I was about to bring them up. Because around here in North Carolina, we've got WrestleCon and WrestleCade and... We've got a promotion, PWX, I think they're called. I forget what they're called. But it's a local indie, but they live and die on no-name indie guys, and they boister their card with has-been WWE wrestlers. Mm-hmm. 
you know, just a couple of weeks ago, they had Mick Foley as a special guest referee for some some match between two nobodies, as well as the Rock and Roll Express, and it's just like Jesus Christ, guys. Like, and don't get me wrong, like, hey, they need to make a buck. They need to make a buck, and I'm glad they're doing it at least by in Mick Foley's case, just doing something non-physical. But and I'm not going to tell them they're I'm- wrong either, though, because hey, at the end of the day, they love the they love the limelight, no matter how big. You know, yeah. I you know I think I think with in Mick Foley's case, I think he actually just likes being around the wrestling. I, I, I don't think actually does. think he needs the money. Yeah, but no, but with that. the Rock and Roll Express case, they definitely they definitely just are wrestling still because that's the only thing they know how to do, and so, they're both in their <laughs> mid sixties. Yeah. Oh wow. God damn. They feel like they've been around forever. Um. So a lot of this reminds me of. The 30 for 30 called Broke. Um, it basically looked at a, several professional athletes who were given millions and millions and millions of dollars. And don't get me wrong. when Just because you get to the WWE, you're not going to be a millionaire. Not everybody is a next John Cena. Not everybody's a Stone Cold, not, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But you still make, I would assume that's the most money you're most likely going to make working for one company. Unless you're someone like the Young Bucks or Will Ospreay or, you know, these younger guys who are just saying, hey, I'm going to go anywhere and everywhere. I demand this much. And they make a good living, but they're also wrestling three, four, five times a week, you know, for different promotions. But my, well, point, true, my point being, true, though, true. My, my point being in all this, though, is the NFL, for example, looked and said, holy crap, you know. We have people who are going broke. They implemented things for new signees to go through financial planning and help get stuff, get professionals set up to help them. And I'm wondering, I don't want to say it's in WWE's. This is kind of hard because you don't just wake up and go, all right, I'm working for the WWE today. You know, I, I can go and take my skills. You can take your skills anywhere. And we have a level of, I demand insurance. I demand PTO. I demand a 401k or whatever, you know, and you have the right to say, you know what? You don't give me a 401k or my bonus isn't big enough. I'm taking my skills elsewhere. A professional wrestler, they're limited because they can't just show up and be like, hey, I'm going to work for you today. You know, they they get asked to work with for these companies, and I wonder if it's a mentality of being on the indies. You just kind of scrape by, and maybe you have a second job. I don't know, but you get to the WWE and you're handed all this money. Um, do you think WWE at least has any? Do you think the WWE has any responsibility to at least ensure that their their wrestlers are? At least being financially smart. I'm not saying they're responsible. Like, hey, if you're going to go blow a ton of money at the bar every night, that's on you. I can go blow my entire paycheck. You can go blow your entire paycheck. I have to suffer the consequences of, well, I guess I'm not paying rent, um, you know, or whatever. Right. Uh, Right. I mean, part of me wants to say yes. But here's here's the other thing. Like, we say that the WWE 
like people in the WWE make a whole lot of money. And in, in my world, especially, uh, hearing somebody say, Oh yeah, uh, I'm getting paid $250,000 to wrestle for, and that's my downside guarantee working for the WWE. Mm-hmm. You know, that sounds amazing. No, it does. I, I agree. But here's, but here's the thing. We're not, we're also not talking about the fact that WWE does not pay for your hotel. They do not pay for your rental car or your flights or anything along those lines. You have to pay for all of that yourself. Which I think is complete bullshit because if I, I, the, uh, the company I used to work for, I did a lot of traveling or not a lot, but when I, I had to travel three or four or five times a year, if not more for company business, they didn't say, Hey, Rob, uh, go buy your flight. Hey, you need to pay for your hotel. Hey, you need to pay for your food. It was, hey, if you want to put it down in your own card, go ahead, or we got a company card. Um, you know, otherwise we'll reimburse you. I had a per diem. I, or I, you know, anything I spent starting at, I woke up on the day I'm traveling to when I got home from traveling, the company picked up every single freaking cent. As long as I could right. prove, hey, I was on the company dime, and you know, when you're traveling, you are 24-7 essentially, uh, and within reason. It's not like I'm going to go and get big-ass filet mignons and spend hundreds of dollars on a, on a meal on myself. But point being is, my hotel was covered. My flights were covered. Anything I did, bought, needed, I could write off within reason. Right. And so you take that $250,000 and then you have to go, okay, well, how much is a flight from Florida to Tacoma, Washington? How much is a hotel going to be? How much is the rental car going to be from Tacoma, Washington to Portland, Oregon? Mm-hmm. Like all, all these other things. So those expenses start, start to add up. And then it's like, well, okay, my $250,000 a year, I probably could 200. save. Yeah. I mean, I would probably think. I mean, it doesn't tell you. For someone like them, I would assume uh, airline miles, hotel. I mean, they're still expensive, Like, but you're going to rack up those points. But still, I think you're spending at least $50,000 a year, if at not least, more. I would, I would, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you're probably, at least for the first few years, you're, you're spending the majority of that $250,000. Yeah. And yeah, probably. And that's not including, you know, your regular bills you got to pay. Uh, yeah. House, your regular bills. Uh, car you, because, or if you have a family, yeah, you have to have a place to live because even though you're on the road a lot, you still spend probably two or three days a week at home and you have to figure out where home is going to be for a lot of these people it's in Miami. Cause that or Tampa. Cause that's where, WWE is located, but you know other other people are in Arizona and all the all sorts of other places. So I think and the only that, time they cover expenses is when they're traveling internationally, Europe tour, yeah. Iraq or whatever. All the the international and, right. Some of those international flights are covered, but like not necessarily. Again, food, hotel, those sorts of things. And now, okay, so it goes back to. If you're an independent contractor, now I'm curious. I didn't have to travel as an independent contractor. 
I would be curious if that's something then either the company would do for if it was you or I, for example. Mm. Like, hey, we needed you to travel somewhere to do business for us. I would think they would. It would be, hey, we'll pick up the tab. You know. Well, or I know that if I am going to go, let's say, I'm going to go teach English in Korea, mm-hmm. for example, if I, if that was something I wanted to do, the company that I would be responsible for, like getting, getting to Korea, yeah. Well, no, I'd be responsible for getting a place in Korea to live mm-hmm. and living until my first paycheck comes. But they would get me there physically. They would buy oh, my plane okay. ticket. So I don't know. Hmm. But No, that's it, a great point. I, I I mean, I didn't even think of that. That's a freaking great point because, you know, um, uh, yeah, I can definitely see the frustration. I didn't. I didn't even think of that as a, as a, shit. If you're only making a hundred thousand a year, you know, I, I don't. You know, they don't have minimum guaranteed salaries, like you know, the NFL or the NBA or whatever the. Well, they MLB. they do, but they do. The, they do. They have a minimum downside guarantee. Like you're going to get paid at least this much. Yes, but, but it could be but, all over the place. Right, and it, it's not. It's not equal. Definitely. Um, and if you're first starting out, it's probably going to be like $150,000. Mm-hmm. And then you get paper, you get, I don't know, they get performance bonuses. Yeah, they get other them. little revenue streams such as a merchandise cut or whatever. Yeah. And obviously, like anything in life, I mean, it's how well you negotiate at the negotiating table. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would think coming from... The independent circuit coming into WWE, going, oh my god, I, I don't have to, I don't have to beg people. I don't have to be constantly checking my email and corresponding with, you know, everybody else who wants to possibly book me and negotiate every single. You know, what I mean, I could see. Whereas I, I, I think, I think it depends because I've heard that when you get to like NXT, for example, mm-hmm. you. You get five hundred a week, which is ridiculous. Like now, granted, you're not, you're not. I mean, I would assume you're only traveling you're, around Florida. Yeah, and I know there's some uh, outside. I would assume that they pack these people on a bus, like because NXT was here in Charlotte, like back in January. Mm. And I'm assuming these shows like this, they just go, hey. Uh, here's a plane ticket. Like, I would assume that because it's so small, they could either just charter a plane or whatever. I, I don't know, though. I mean, do they make them yeah, pay for it? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know. But unless you have, like, unless you're an Adam Cole or a Ricochet or something, you're making, like, $500 a week in NXT. Yeah, that's nothing. I mean, it really, I mean, it's enough to get you by, but too gra- I, Jesus, you know? I was I mean, making, yeah. I was making, Whew, whew. I mean, damn, with today's prices and everything. I mean, Florida's a pretty cheap place to live. True. So. And they probably, you know, double up or, hey, we like each other. Let's go share an apartment or whatever. Yeah, I, I, get I, I mean, there's, there's I, there, there are stories like of like Seamus and Yoshitatsu living together back in FCW and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, So th- those were the big topics that were covered. 
on the John Oliver segment was basically that, hey, these guys have no union. They have, they're all independent contractors. This isn't that bullshit, guys. Um, any, anything else I'm missing? Well, I, I guess the, the other big thing is that he said that if you're going to WrestleMania, you should chant that they should have all the stuff. And that there's a possibility that Vince is going to listen to you. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Man. Yeah. One of the things he brings up is, oh, the WWE fans, they they started the Give Divas a Chance hashtag. No, we, well, no, we didn't. We Well, we did. We did do the Give Divas a Chance thing. And then they said, oh, yeah, we're listening. But he didn't make a big deal out of it. But if you look at it, the, that happened in 2015. Yes. And it's 2019 now. So it took four years for it to happen. He mentioned Roman Reigns. Yeah, I think he was just trying to be funny. Picked a bad, 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 bad time to uh, insult Roman Reigns. Yeah, so, yeah, as a justification for the fans, you know, being able to get what they want if they're loud enough. They brought up the segment from Raw. After WrestleMania, I think last year, it was in 2017. Oh, was it 2017? Okay, that Roman Reigns came out and for eight straight minutes, he was booed and booed and booed, and then all he says, "This is my yard now," and left, or whatever. Yeah, and that, yeah. that his that clip, you know, showing various chants of "Fuck you, Roman asshole," you know, "Please go away." I love how they're so pl- please, go- fuck you, asshole. No, please go away. <laughs> um, well, so polite after a while, but the yeah. point being is, oh, the W, the WWE listened. The no. fuck they did? No, they didn't. They that did was the not. whole point. They didn't listen. The only reason we like Roman now is because he had cancer. Yeah, I, mean, I mean that's a terrible thing to say. No, you're right though. But the only reason we like him now, well, like, yeah. I, I mean, I like I I liked Roman Reigns regardless, but I like I was I didn't want him in the main event. I thought yeah. he was a great wrestler. No, exactly. Like, I, I like but, I I don't know the guy personally. You know what I've seen a little bits and pieces. He seems like a very nice guy and very humble. I, but I saw I saw his his uh, Father of the Year yeah, billboard his, when I was in Ohio once. It was, there you it go. was very cute, but like he. The the reason nobody the reason the booze stopped is because he got cancer and now nobody wants to boo him anymore. Yep. No, because you're an asshole now. And don't get me wrong, like, listen, I, even though there are some really fucked up people out there and fans, especially when they were thinking, "Oh, this was all a fake. This is all fake." And I'm gonna kind of we're kind of getting off topic here, but yeah, I think the majority of the wrestling people are like, look. These people are out there trying to make a fucking dime and live their life and do something they love to do and entertain us as fans. Who are we to wish something like cancer on them or whatever? That's bullshit. Um, but I think I sh- we should still be able to say, like, I, I am sick and tired of seeing that wrestler being shoved down my throat every week and being told by the TV, you've, you've got to like this guy. That's what I think a lot of us don't like. Um, not that. Uh, yeah, Joe Anahuani. Yeah, I hope that guy gets cancer and dies. Fuck him. Now, please don't take that out of context. Yeah, but, no. you know, I bet, a, I bet a lot of people actually did say that. Oh, awful. Which, and then they probably felt awful afterwards. But, like, 
the 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 way like I'm trying to think when did WWE ever really listen to the fans? People will point to the Daniel Bryan thing, yeah, no, as uh, oh yes, they listened to him, but I but I think that was like okay, um, CM Punk's gone. What are we going to do? Oh, this is a great story. Mm-hmm. So here's what's interesting: the WWE issued a statement to PW Insider. Mm. Here's their quote in verbatim. John Oliver is clearly clever and humorous entertainer. However, the subject matter covered in his WWE segment is no laughing matter. Prior to airing, WWE responded to his producers refuting every point in his one-sided presentation. John Oliver simply ignored the facts. The health and wellness of our performers is the single most important aspect of our business, and we have a comprehensive, long-standing talent wellness program. We invite John Oliver to attend WrestleMania this Sunday to learn more about our company. HBO then came out with a statement. The show likes to let the segments speak for themselves, and we will not be available to comment on this. So, A, fuck the WWE. Oh, come to WrestleMania, our biggest event of the year. We'll gladly take time out of our schedule to to accommodate and teach you all about this wonderful, wacky world of the world wrestling entertainment. Bullshit. Uh, You remember the stand-up for WWE campaign? Well, yes, because, well, okay, yes. You mean the the anti-bullying campaign that happened because, because Linda McMahon was running for senator? No, I think this was the... They had employees coming on there saying how great a place the WWE was to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was because what was happening, Linda was running for senator, and somebody brought up the fact that all these people were dying within the WWE, and it was a terrible place. And then they were like, you have to stop these terrible attacks on the WWE's good name. Stand up for WWE. And it was during Linda McMahon's... um, Second Senate run, I think. Yeah, first or second Senate run. Which is just ridiculous. It's like they they never are able to take criticism at all. No, it's always an us versus them mentality. I mean, if if we and it, yeah, it, it always is like you can and they're so removed from reality like this this happened a long time ago, but if you remember SmackDown had that uh, first big show after 9-11 happened. Yes. And Stephanie McMahon mentioned that we were attacked too, and they were talking about the steroid trial. Oh, yeah. She brought the... This is just like in 1992 when my family... My father was on trial for steroids. Like, right, and, and how terrible it was. And it's like... It was completely tone deaf. Yes. And a lot of the things that they do are completely tone deaf, and they work with, and they work with the worst people. Not like we we've mentioned before that they were working for Saudi Arabia, and how both of us we've had private I mean, conversations about whether yeah. or not we would cancel our network subscriptions because of that. But we haven't mentioned the fact that they work with Suman G. Coleman for the Cure, which is a terrible place. Oh f- yeah, fuck! I will never ever donate, and I'm not saying. Don't donate. I'm saying go do your damn research. 
simple enough. So, geez, yeah, they work for horrible. They work. Yeah, they work I, I think of the. I, I remember the biggest thing I also saw from my craw is uh, the Glad Award they won for Billy and Chuck. Well, they, well, yeah, no, they basically, yeah, uh, they basically blindsided Glad because what happened was they initially started the Billy and Chuck's um, tag team, and if people don't remember this because it happened a while ago, uh, Billy Gunn, um, when Road Dog got fired for drug use, um, started working alongside Chuck Palumbo, this uh, big Jack WCW guy, and they dyed their hair blonde, and they started going by the tag team Billy and Chuck, and they were kind of playing up the fact that they may be gay, and um, Glad kind of sent them a statement and said, um, we'll be glad to help you with this if you want us to uh, give you some pointers on how to actually portray this. And WWE took that advice, and then they had like a commitment ceremony or something. They were going to get married. And then they were like, but we're not gay. That's gross. And then Glad was like, you are terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> this like. was in like 2004. Way before, you know, now it's so funny. Because, not funny, but gay marriage is a non-issue any longer. Right. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's interesting that they actually had a openly gay wrestler on their roster for a while, Darren Young. Oh, yeah, Darren Young. Yeah, sorry. And um, they, he he came out, they were like, oh, that's great, but they never, they didn't do anything with it. They just kept making Darren Young, Darren Young, and I'm not saying that they necessarily had to play it up or anything along those lines, but they never mentioned it on air. I thought they made a big deal of it when he came out. But then it was kind of like, all right, we did our part. Are, are we well, inclusive? Well, I think they mentioned it on their website, but I don't, I don't remember them doing it on anything on their television. You could be right. Um, so sorry, we've we've kind of gone off on a tangent. Um, so overall, what did, what did you think of the segment overall? Like, do you think it? Do you, I mean, have you okay? Well, let me say, have you mm. watched much of John Oliver? I've watched pretty much every single segment okay, he's same, done. Okay, same here. I watch it every week when it's on. Okay, yeah. so you're good. So you're used to the type of hey, some serious topics, some humor, some serious topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, you know. So okay, so getting back to my question, do you think this will rare, raise any awareness in any fashion? I think it will raise awareness, but the the thing is, is that. He does topic like he has basically two um, levels of topics. He has the A level topics that a lot of people care about. Those are like the net neutralities, those sorts of things that mm-hmm. actually produce change. And then he has the B level topics where he may have a call to action, but I don't necessarily see a lot of movement on those things. I think the WWE one, despite the fact that he made a, re- a lot of really good points, that's a B level topic. No, I, I would agree. Um, I, I 100% agree. I have a feeling this is going to be one of these things that this is going to be talked about for the week. And then once WrestleMania is here, it's lost to the ether. You know, WrestleMania is bigger than 
wrestlers employment you know status their rights as a, as as workers you know i think this is one of these things that what can i do as a fan could i boycott my WWE network subscription sure could i not watch raw good news i already don't <laughs> but right. Beyond that, I mean, I'm not an avid, hey, let me throw all my money at WWE. I'm not buying shirts. I'm not buying merchandise. I have my subscription to WWE Network. And beyond that, I don't spend money with them. Um, I'll watch Raw every now and then, but I'm not like a diehard, uh, oh my God, like when I was 13 or 14, where it's like, holy shit, Raw's on. Fuck, get out of the way. Oh my god, amazing. Glue to it, watching superstars, watching SmackDown, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And and then it's also like if we both cancel our networks subscriptions, it's gonna be hard to do the show. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and I have intrinsical value because like I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy watching the shows. Um, my wife and I I've got my wife into wrestling. I mean I was kind of bummed I didn't go to SmackDown a few months ago and it was in Charlotte. And I think the next one that comes into Charlotte, I'm going to go because my wife wants to go. And that's a first. Yeah, I don't know. Like, bra was just in Boston. I could have gone, but I... I didn't want to do three hours. I was like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> uh, that's that's partially why I didn't go to SmackDown. Well, it's actually... Yeah, it's actually... If you go to Raw, it's like more like three and a half because there's a couple dark matches. Oh, yep, true. But, I mean, getting back on point... I feel like this is an issue that, like, we as fans, we can be vocal on, but just like Saudi Arabia, just like who we want to be pushed, et cetera, et cetera, the WWE is just going to close their ears and go, la, 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 we know better, la, 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 la. Right, because ultimately we're replaceable to them. Yeah, we are. Because, because we're, not the, we're, not the, we're not the target audience anymore. No. We're not, we're not 10. And so... If we stop whatever we're we're doing and move on to something else, whether that's just talking about AEW stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. um, then they have a legion of new people that will come of age and watch their product, and so, and then a certain number of them will continue watching for the rest of their lives. So, until may, and until maybe they start questioning things. Okay, so do you think? Do you think? Let's say a senator watched this, or the the a government official in Connecticut, or someone in a. Uh, I don't know if there's a, like a who who handles the who handles like workers' rights and stuff in the in the government in the federal government. Well, like employment, OSHA, uh, yeah, not OSHA. The employment go uh, up. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, yeah. My point being is, do you think maybe this could sent to like, someone in the government that can actually make change? And actually, do you think we'll see any kind of investigation or anything going into their hiring practices or their employment policies? No, I don't, because of the fact that. Uh, Linda McMahon was just part of the government. I th- 
honestly. Well, that's like, true. I mean, Vince and Donald Trump both have a uh, similar history. They they like they like each other. They they're, both they're very, they're very they're good similar. Friends. Yeah, that too. They're very good friends. They they came up similarly uh, in business, and in my opinion, they're both well known because of their businesses. So, yeah, I honestly want to see the Trump. I want to see the Trump uh, current cabinet doing anything, but I would think maybe a senator or a congressman or something that isn't so. I mean, attached. potentially. I mean, potentially, but. Like, even if they raised a fuss or something along those lines, I part of me is so pessimistic about the world that, like, maybe money would change hands and nothing would change. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured, too, was uh, they'll just grease a few palms and, oh, issues resolved. So this definitely sounds like the wrestlers themselves need to band together which is hard you know pretty much starting a union pretty is much. not easy right I mean, look and at I, I look at walmart i mean uh, the few people wanted to you know start a union and be paid at a livable 15 dollars an hour wage you know and it took off to a degree it got some media attention but in the end what happened nothing it's business as usual pretty much so if wrestlers start speaking up, because I think because after a certain level, um, um, wrestlers on an independent basis are starting to ask for more things in their contracts. So, whether that's less dates or more money or different accommodations or a bus or whatever it is that mm-hmm. they they ask for, <clears throat> um, there are certain wrestlers who are able to ask for able to get those things those um and maybe ultimately that will be helpful for the whole in the long run but for right now the only thing i can see is if if individual wrestlers make a stink and then those individual wrestlers get those things in their contracts more people will go well he has that and i want it too yeah no i i agree i think at the end of the day Unfortunately, we as fans, I would love to see a groundswell of fans holding Vince McMahon and the WWE executives accountable for this shit. Because it really is disgusting. I couldn't imagine being in their shoes. Now granted, this is by choice too. They could easily quit and say, I'm going to go be an accountant or whatever. You know, I get that some of it's life, but it's also really unfair. You're you're taking advantage of your employees, you know, who are making you millions and millions and millions of dollars. They right. are a and, good. And also, the other thing is, is that WWE has in their contracts. Let's say, for instance, somebody's unhappy and they quit. Well, they WWE can freeze that contract for a certain amount of time. We saw this with Pac. Um, And Rey Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio, too, where their contracts were frozen for pretty much a year, almost two in some cases. And then eventually they lapsed. But 
it went on for longer. Daniel Bryan is another example. His he had like I think he had eighteen months left on his contract, and that ended up lasting four years. Yeah. No, so I think unfortunately, as as much as the segment brought some well needed topics to attention, I mean I have to go on the camp of it's going to get traction until probably Friday. And maybe by Wednesday, it's, uh, it's, it's got, you know, people like us are going to talk about it today, maybe tomorrow. And then what? I mean, like, this is one of these topics that you kind of have to, you kind of got to get behind and you've got to just pound the pavement. Yeah. And I think your A segment, B segment storyline, you know, of what he covers. I think it's a great metaphor. You know, you're, you're right. They just did it because, hey, WrestleMania is next week. Well, I think I think if he was going to cover this topic at any time, it, this was the right time to do it. I agree. But the, but the problem is, it's like... Uh-oh. Oh, no. Hold on, hold on, like, hold on. Start, start all over because you just started talking and you roboted out and you were oh, dead silent. Okay. Do you want me to start again right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll it. All right. Um, you could hear in, in the way that the audience reacted to the topic that he was going to talk about. He said, I'm going to talk about professional wrestling. And then they started laughing because they were like, are you serious? And, I mean, he made a good point that it's better than the things that they watch, like, you know, Game of Thrones. But, you know. And I think that's part of the problem, too. Pro wrestling still has that stigma of, the rednecks watch it all. It's for kids. You know? And you don't right. think about the logistics of what encompasses a pro wrestling TV show or an event. You know, and here's the crazy things. The the just think about this. The people who work in Titan Towers have better quality uh, employment than the wrestlers that they make money off of. Um, yeah, pretty much. They get better. I, ben- I, I should say they get better benefits. The guy yeah, in the do. back who's writing the story, the creative team, has better benefits than the wrestler yeah. that they're writing for. Yeah, because they get health insurance and they get travel because they have to travel to all these events, too. I actually I was I, I, I am an English major by trade. And one of the things that I initially looked at doing um, at one point was actually applying to be a WWE. So one of the things that I actually did was I put in an application to be a WWE writer. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything back from them because they didn't have any experience it was a long shot but if you look at the packages that they they give they you don't necessarily you don't get paid a ton but you do they they do say that you have to be at tv every week and they will pay you to go tv so that's that's one thing Mm -hmm. um um I don't know. The I think you said that the 
and and I kind of implied this as well that there's a stigma to to wrestling. I think that is only really the case for WWE still because there are certain indie promotions, um, PWG, bar wrestling, Wrestle Circus that are these big events that a lot of people from all sorts of walks of life go to PWG often gets a lot of celebrity involvement. Like they just come and watch the shows. Mm -hmm. So I think it's getting better, but it's also it, but it's hard to kind of, uh, it's kind of hard to measure because on the one hand you have these kind of, weird eclectic indie shows and then you have the wwe which is meant for everybody yeah no you're right i mean if you go on the street and you say hey have you heard of pro wrestling gorilla they're gonna go what what is that a, what but, but gonna, if you, you know. go but if you go to Reseda, california and go hey you're gonna go to wg show they'll probably be like nah i couldn't get tickets yeah no i agree it's very localized yeah. um so yeah i mean overall i, I was really happy to see the WWE get brought to task on this. Um, I, I was shocked when I opened up uh, Reddit this morning and was like, oh, WWE on John Oliver. I was like, what? That's unexpected. Yeah. Um, but now that we've talked about it, kind of had time to unpackage everything. Um, you know, I'm glad it was addressed, but I think in the grand scheme of things, unfortunately, this is more of a wrestler's burden more than the fans. Yeah. And like you said, they have to negotiate better. They have to give ultimatums or, you know, and I, and I, and I get it. It's not easy. You know, if, if I had the opportunity to make much more than I'm making now, um, I would probably just say, okay, I'll take, I'll give you what you get. It's better than what I have now. I won't, I won't put up a fuss. Right. You know, but yeah, um, what are your final thoughts? I mean, I, I think ultimately I, I, I've said everything I want to say. It's, I think that it's going to be something that's going to be talked about maybe until I'd, I'd say Thursday, but once the festivities of uh, all the wackiness that happens at WrestleMania this weekend start, like when's Joey Janela's spring break Friday? Like, once that starts happening, then, you know, it's just going to be out of everybody's mind. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, maybe the fans will surprise us. I mean, there's a rot tonight. I I hope we hear a chant of, um, uh, what what sounds good? Um, Pay us. Yeah. (laughs) Equal treatment. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, but you know what, you know what would not surprise me is if Stephanie or Vince or Linda or somebody comes out and bad mouths. Oh, I uh, bet. I guarantee the announcers are going to put, are going to say something. Well, I wacky John Oliver. It doesn't know he's talking about. We, we love our wrestlers. We love our fans. Yeah. And then they're like, He's totally unlike his best friend, John Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll have John Stewart come out and go, oh, there you go. What... <laughs> You're wrong, Mr. Oliver. Damn wrong. And then they have a match at WrestleMania. Yes. Yes. 
And then Stephen Colbert is the special guest referee. Oh, man. One, we and he's dream. dressed like Batman for some reason. There you go. We could dream. I, I think I just booked the best WrestleMania match ever. Yes. All right, everybody. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. I mean, this is an hour and so a lot longer than I thought we were going to record. But, um, you know, we can't not talk for an hour whenever we get together. That is true. So, yeah, give us your thoughts. I mean, I want to hear your comments and opinions on this. Uh, definitely. Uh, this is a, yeah. definitely a subject that needs attention, and, and, you know, it's definitely a good conversation. But until next time, look out for WrestleMania 16. We go to California. California love.